Hey, as promised, Steve DeLaviaga, Podcast Sales Excellence, our second ever one. I am in Central California with one of my absolute favorite people, Miss Christy Chong Clemens. Christy, say hi to the folks. Hello, how's everyone doing? So uh, we have outlined together, let me give you a little background on Christy, who is absolutely one of my favorite people. She went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo as a student, played tennis, right? I did, correct. Yep, very athletic. Which is, she now runs about 120 miles a week. Shocking, <laughs> unbelievable. But took that discipline, played tennis, went to school, graduated, and then went straight into real estate. Can you believe that? Worked for one of the top realtors here for four years. Hal, what's Hal's last name? Hal Swayze. Okay. Yes. And he's just a, he's a rock star, rock right? Rock star. Um, so she did that for four years, and then she was recruited into title. Now, why did you move from working for one of the top realtors and then moving into title? What, were you, what happened? What were you looking for? You know, I was really looking for a career, something that I could do for a lifelong journey, and I really liked the sales aspect. And when they came to recruit me, and I had seen the sales executives come into Hal Swayze's team and I just thought you know I really love what they do and I thought I could make it my own and I was really interested in that. How old were you at the time when you did that? I was 23. Holy Toledo. Think about that, right? 23 years old. Now, let me give you her little pathway. She went from being a sales executive. How long were you a sales exec? I was a sales executive for about four years. So then she went from four years. Then she became the sales manager, which she's done. Now she's the acting county manager, which she'll be taking over at the end of the year. So here's somebody who went to college in her local area, did real estate at 23, got into being a sales executive and created a career. So Christy, this is a podcast only about sales excellence. So let's talk about first emotionally. Like you've you've had this great journey from student to in a real estate team to sales exec, sales manager, county manager. What do you do to keep yourself emotionally at the top of your game? You guys are 50 plus percent market share. You're 30% plus profit margin. Give me some emotional tips we can share with our folks. Sure. For emotionally, I think my motto every day is that everything in moderation is key, right? That you've got to have the health, the physical, and the mental clarity. For me, as you said, I've been an athlete my whole life, so I wake up. I'm an early riser. I wake up at 3.34 o'clock in the morning, and I run, and I, I run more than most people do, so I get Let's Stop. How many miles a week do you run, my girl? Yes, I run about 120 miles, but for me, that was my, that's how I emotionally have mental clarity. For me, it's very important to start the day with a clear mind and ready to rock and roll. And for me, that's that's exercise and the physical aspect of it. So you run 120 miles a week. So you're looking at anywhere between 10, 15, 20 miles a day. You have two beautiful goldens that I think you take with you. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. I have two golden retrievers, Emma and Henry, who can run up to 28 miles with me. But I think, you know, part of the, obviously moderation and key. And I think I've always have goals, whether it's, you know, Know, professional or physical or health and, and I race a lot so I, I run so much so that I can train for a race but that keeps I think me emotionally in a good spot so that I'm a hundred percent present in my work life when I'm at work I love that now to give some context Christy ran listen to me everybody ran the Great Wall of China she finished number one in her class. And the photo that I got sent from her sister when she was doing it, she was smoking running past two guys. So just do me a favor, brag about yourself. Tell me what your time was. You finished number one with your age group, men or women. Walk through it. Yep. So um, out of, there were 86 
countries that were representative, and I was number one for the U.S., so I was the fourth female overall and came in first place for the U.S., and it was four hours and 40 minutes, and it was over the Great Wall of China. How many exactly. miles? It was 26 miles plus the Great Wall, so it was almost 32 miles. Are you kidding me, ladies and gentlemen? Now, I know you're training to go to the country of Jordan to run an elevated... What's that race? How long? What's that look like? Yes, so I'm going out to Jordan to run the Petra Desert, and that's uh, 26... It's a regular marathon, but the challenge is that it can be up to 117 degrees. So I go in September and run through the desert, no all sunshine, and we're self... um, I guess self... Aided, yeah. yes, and so that we have to bring our own water. So I have to run with enough water to get me through 117 degree weather for probably about three to four hours. But your body can is a lot can do a lot more than you think it can. Here's what I love, right? Running is your emotional equilibrium because it allows you when you finish running, you've prepared in the morning, now you're ready for your day where you're going to prospect for two hours. You're then going to have five, seven meetings. Christy, do me a favor, um, and this is part of your tactical genius. Your escrow officers literally would move a mountain for you. I've watched how attached emotionally, mentally, they're so thankful for all the business you've brought them. Talk about how you've made your escrow officers your biggest client. Walk us through that. Sure. I think, well, it was just at first realizing that your escrow officers are your biggest client and that they're most, they're really most important. And we're escrow and sales driven here and we do escrow and title together. So that makes even the escrow relationship with myself even more important. And I think one, it was proving to them that I have, I'm going to do everything I tell you I'm going to do and I'm going to have follow through and I'm going to work together as a team to go after targeted clients. But you're going to, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to say, but then hold them accountable to make sure that they are going to do what they say they're going to do, whether it's, you know, a, a phone call or an email or, um, you know, we schedule an in-person meeting. But it's also getting to know your escrow officers. I have worked closely with I have nine escrow units, not any of them are the same. They're all extremely different. So it's learning their personalities, learning what motivates them. Is it a reward monetarily? Do they just want to be told that they're doing a good job? Is it that I'm going to write them an email and tell that to them in an email? It's understanding the way they communicate. How, how do they want to communicate? Do they, do they want to text at night maybe telling them how the day went? Do they want an email? Do they want a phone call? And I think it's just being in constant communication with them and making sure that we're on the same page together, whether it's regarding the targets or whether it's what their personal goals are too. And I think I've always thought of myself, even as when I was their sales executive, as their manager to some degree. I'm going to set goals with them and hold them accountable to their goals and reward them and brand us together and we're a team. You know what I love about you in this space and I've watched you do this? You're a cheerleader when you need to be. You're a coach when you need to be. And I seem to be almost like a, they're, they're older than you, respectfully. I seem to be almost like a big sister or parent when you need to be. Hey, guys, not your fault, but this is the perception. I need your help. I need you to call this customer back. We need to solve this together. This is not revenue we can lose. I've watched you handle that, and I feel like the better your relationship is with them, the more direct and tough you can be when needed. If you haven't built that relationship, you can't do that because they won't take that well. Is that something you've learned? 
Oh, exactly. I think you have to be direct with them. Exactly. And be honest with them. And, you know, good news is easy to tell someone, but bad news is the difficult part. But there's a way, it's not what you say, it's how you say it and the timing of it, right? I think we talked about that earlier. And it's also knowing your escrow officer. How do they want to be told bad news? And ask them. I think that was probably the first thing I've asked them. When I have bad news or when I have a situation we need to discuss, how, how do you want me to approach you? And so letting them tell me, well, I don't need the fluff. Just tell it to me straight. And, the, and a couple other people, well, maybe take me out for a drink. And tell me over <laughs> a drink. Good. And I get that. And so I think... And I was true to that. I was, you know, I was a chameleon to some degree, right? With the different escrow officers. I, I wasn't, I tried to mirror them and so that our personalities could match, but not lose myself by doing that either. You have a unique skill set in that you took nine people, treated them as their nine biggest clients, realtors, brokers, lender, and then each of them might hear news differently, so you had to deliver it differently. Each of them could handle it differently, so you had to take that into account. And because of that, they always, always, always fought for you, which is why you were able to grow to a 50-plus percent market share in a market. So proud of it. Okay, let's go through tactically, right? Okay, so we got our emotion. We're running, our equilibrium. We're looking at that, right? Your mental toughness probably comes from your physical side of your business where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm mentally tough. My body can do more than it can. My mind can learn more than people realize. You've got that. Give me some tactical things you did in your sales career that allowed you to achieve this level of exceptionalism in our space. Sure, I think, you know, when you say tactical, I think of the customers and I think about making sure you know we're here obviously to increase their business or and save them time and money correct so i think it would the first question to a lot of the clients is what is your need what what are you looking for maybe it's technology maybe it's referrals maybe it's support exactly recruiting for their teams and i think in a smaller town like like this that's exactly true They, they want to be connected the dots it's a relationship game as well and i think tactically it was first building that relationship and, you know, it's like you say, you're not going to ask someone to marry you on the first date, right? So it's getting to know them. And in some cases, you get to know people better in a couple of weeks, and sometimes it takes years, but never give up if they have the volume that, that, you're, that you're looking for, basically, and finding out what they need, and then using the tools that we have. I mean, we're, we're the leading company in this industry, and we have so many resources and tools at our fingertips that we can choose the right program or the right tool that will benefit them the most, but it's understanding what, what they need or what, what they want and utilizing everything we have. And I think I didn't know that at first, I'll be honest. And it took a few years to realize, okay, I'm going to use everything that maybe our, you know, it's connect has, or what you have to offer and the technology. I mean, literally we have more to offer than any other company and we have to use that to our advantage. I love that. One of the things I loved about you is you ask a lot of questions first. You don't tend to, Lisa Crown has a great line. She's like, jab, 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 right hook, right? Mm -hmm. You don't right hook first. And I think with you, I've always liked how you've listened and learned and found a hot button and then said, okay, which of my tools, programs, models, or concepts could I apply to your problem and get you an answer? And the thing I love about you, you said relationship, not everybody gave in on the first date and started using this, right? And I love that Hal, who was probably not super happy you left day one, is now your biggest client and helps us gain clients. Talk about how that relationship was when you left and you had to now win back trust, tell how that worked. 
You know, it was scary. I, I left, and, and I remember saying when I got hired by Fidelity Title, don't count on me to get that business because I didn't know what to expect. But really, you know, when I talked to him, I said, hey, well, you've got the best of both worlds. I can still see and, and work with you on a daily basis, but then I can help you in ways that I couldn't help you working on, you know, for you in the same company. I've got another company and its resources to help you. And I think what was really advantageous is I knew, what, I knew him better than any other real estate agent. So I knew what his needs were. I knew he prospects. I knew he cold calls. He called 70, 80 people. He was looking for hot leads and, you know, most likely to sell customer base. So I could utilize the programs we have to, to get him those leads. I love now he's a real geek client. He's done very well with it. He's utilized it. I love it. Okay. So now let's go to strategy. What I love about this is I met you about eight years ago now, yeah. right? And we got to spend a little time together and you're like, Hey, I am a, I am a sales guy. I want to be a sales manager. And then after you were doing that for four years, you said, Hey, I want to, how do I achieve county management? And you were always looking for the stepping stones and you, you didn't want it tomorrow. You weren't threatening. You were like, give me the strategy of how I get there. So talk about in your mind how you're always looking for the next step, but you also knew enough to know I got to be great at the job I'm in to get the next job I want. Walk me through that. Exactly. So we all have goals, right? And so I obviously have goals too, whether they're within six months, a year or five years. But I, I knew that I never could set the next goal until I really mastered the job I was currently in, like you said. And I think it was a lot of, of listening. You know, I think about everything we've talked about and listening is, is one of the most important things in life every day, every year. And it's listening to everything around you and then realizing what goal is reasonable and attainable, but but like you said, first I had to I had to know for me personally, but also for all those around me, I had to prove to them that I could do what I do and I do it, I did it well. And so I wanted to grow, and I think it was all about growing. Well, what what's going to make me grow? You know, I didn't want to do the same thing for ten or fifteen years because I felt that the way I was going to grow was to jump to the next level. I love that you were strategic about it. I love that you would always say, listen, I'll do this. And I have a saying like in athletics, there's only so many jumps in your legs, right? There comes a time where you go, okay, now I'm ready for the next thing. I can't keep doing the same thing, right? Um, all right, this is called rapid fire. And I do this with folks on our podcast. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. You just gotta answer first thing that comes to your mind. All right, you okay. ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, <laughs> dog or cat person? Dog. Okay, favorite training technique with a dog to make it a great puppy oh give the oh that's a really tough one i don't you got all kinds of dogs how do you train them not to, to be bad dogs how do you train to be good pups reward them with good behavior reward them so kind of treat them live up or down the standards you set if you set a tough standard they rise up is that it yes I, i'm a tough doggy mama i'm gonna oh. say you know i've trained two dogs to run 28 miles with no leashes and I tell everyone you know there's no stopping there's no peeing there's no pooping or smelling the roses you're going to follow me and and so <laughs> <laughs> those dogs better get it together all right um you know give me your favorite football team football team the Packers ah, I love it favorite hockey team Oh, Golden Knights, baby. By the way, anybody on this podcast ever from FNF, if that's not your answer, I hope you enjoy looking, working for Second American because that's where you'll end up. All right. What's Christy Chong Clemens doing 10 years from now? Give me the vision. Oh, I am doing something in the Fidelity National Financial Company that is great and while helping others grow by growing myself as well and 
I just want to, I feel like everything I do, I want to make a difference, right? I mean, people say that, but I, I want to help others. I want to help others achieve their goals. That's, that is while making sure it's the best for the operation I'm working in and for the company. But I'm all about making sure that myself and others can excel where, when and where they want to. Here's what I love about sales, right? And this is the fact. First, you want to do it because you need to make money or make a living or do what you're doing. Second, you want to do it because you then want to help the people around you win. Third, you want to do it because now you want to impact the lives of others. And that's the reality. This is Sales Excellence. This is our podcast. That was Christy Chong Clemens, who I absolutely love, who is an absolute beast in the best way. Christy, we love you. Congratulations. Thank you.